Am I not here who am your mother? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear faithful, many of us are without a doubt familiar with these words. They were spoken by the Queen of Heaven on December the 12th in the year 1531 when she appeared to St. Juan Diego on Tepeyac in Mexico. Though today we celebrate the third Sunday after Easter liturgically, we find ourselves in the midst of May, the month of Mary, and it is Mother's Day. So let us turn our eyes towards her. When the Immaculate Virgin appeared to Juan Diego, he was deeply stressed and preoccupied with the health of his uncle. He had already encountered this beautiful vision a couple of times, yet ashamed that he could not convince the bishop to meet her demands, having failed to meet with her as arranged on the previous day, and pressed by his errand to search for a priest to carry the last sacraments to his dying uncle, he tried to avoid her again by taking an alternate route. The mother of the true God, as she had identified herself, could not be outsmarted. She appeared to Juan Diego nonetheless and said, Hear and let it penetrate your heart, my dear little son. Let nothing discourage you, nothing depress you. Let nothing alter your heart or your countenance. Also, do not fear any illness or trouble, anxiety or pain. Am I not here who am your mother? Are you not under my shadow and protection? Am I not your fountain of life? Are you not in the fold of my mantle, in the crossing of my arms? Is there anything else you need? My dear friends, we are very much like Juan Diego on that fateful day when he encountered the Virgin. We are overly concerned with worldly affairs and lack confidence in God. We fail to have recourse to him and to his Holy Mother. Oftentimes we forget that they are even there. Yet in the midst of all of the difficulties that worry us, the crisis in the church, the disaster that is happening geopolitically, the great division in our nation, as well as our own familial and personal woes, she is there. She sees our troubles and knows far better than we of the help and the graces that we so desperately need. Yet she desires to follow us to follow her example of humility. Yes, we need to go to her and present our needs to her simply and without pretension. Then she can do as she once did at Cana, as St. Francis de Sales explains. The Holy Virgin did not need to make a long case to her son for this couple's needs. Skilled in the art of praying, she used the shortest but most excellent way of praying, saying only the words, My son and my Lord, they have no more wine. By these words, the Sacred Virgin says, You are so kind and charitable. Your heart is so merciful and full of pity. Please grant me what I ask for these poor people. A most excellent prayer, certainly, one in which this holy lady speaks to our Lord with the greatest reverence and humility imaginable. She goes to her son, not with assurance, nor with presumption, as some dare to do, but with the most profound humility with which she presents to him this couple's needs, convinced that he will provide for them. Thus, it is very, a very good prayer, simply, to present one's needs to our Lord, place them before the eyes of his goodness, and leave it to him to act as he see fits, convinced that he will answer us according to our needs.
Our Savior has given us his mother to be our own. When Jesus therefore had seen his mother and the disciples standing by the cross whom he loved, he said to his mother, Woman, behold thy son. After that he said to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his own. St. Thomas Aquinas, in commenting on this verse, tells us that it is not so much out of concern for his mother that our Savior entrusted her to St. John, but rather out of care for St. John. In him, Mary was given as mother to all the redeemed. Moreover, it corresponds to the position of Mary as a spiritual mother of the whole of redeemed humanity, that she, by her powerful intercession, should procure for her children in need of help all graces by which they can attain eternal salvation. Through her intimate and total cooperation with the will of God, she has given us the author of salvation and the source of all grace. Since she has been assumed into heaven, there is no grace that comes to us that does not first pass through her hands. St. Bernardine of Siena tells us, Every grace that is communicated to this world has a threefold course. For by excellent order is disposed from God to Christ, from Christ to the Virgin, and from the Virgin to us. St. Pius X would go on to teach, From this common sharing of will and sufferings between Christ and Mary, she merited to become most worthily the redemptrix of the lost world, and therefore the dispentrix of all the gifts which Jesus gained for us by his death and by his blood. But Mary, as St. Bernard fittingly remarks, is the channel, or even the neck, through which the body is joined to the head, and likewise through which the head exerts its power and strength over the body. For she is the neck of our head, by which all spiritual gifts are communicated to the mystical body of Christ. Let us not lose hope in the midst of the storm that rages on around us. It is clear that the devil and his agents are hard at work, making all sorts of noise and causing all kinds of chaos. Nevertheless, she is here, near to each one of us, who would be her devoted children. Yet, if she is to hear us, we must first heed what she said to the servants at Cana. Do whatever he tells you. If we firmly abstain, then, from past vices and love virtue with all of our heart, taking the virtues as our companions in life, the Virgin will frequently visit her servants, bringing all manner of blessings. She will be accompanied by Christ, her Son, the King and Lord of all, who will dwell in our hearts. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. (laughs)